0: And uh, I'm quite sure, just that no, think think your way into this. Right? They've had this grand prayer meeting, the prophets, all those bods that are mentioned at Ephesians in Acts thirteen, right? And they've had a really great church weekend. Wow, zappy-zappy, right? And they are really fired up. And the Holy Spirit has said to them, Yes. And they they've prayed and they've fasted. Well yes. And uh, you know, it's time to go, boys. And there's Barnabas and Paul, and they they've got their suitcases. And there's all the other prophets and teachers, you know, cheering, because they're good and not them, and, uh, you know, saying, oh, we're really with you. Go for it. You know, and uh, they go down to the ferry for the, for the for, you know, Caledonia and McBrain, across to the island of Cyprus, and, uh, the, you know, and then so it sets off, and they say, bye, bye. What are we doing? Uh, I wonder how they felt. Oh, hey, eh? We're going out to win the world, you know, fuck chance. Hey, Can you imagine? Right, right. no, okay. no ABTA, kind of guaranteed return flight.
1: <laughs>
0: OK? Right. No pension. Um, not even an insurance policy to make sure that you're not going to have your head chopped off. And so the land on Cyprus, it must have been absolutely terrifying. I would say, I don't know if you've ever done door to door, but you know, that uh, multiply it by a million, and there you are on the island of Cyprus. No, well, mustn't it? Right? Faith has to have some bottle. I'm sure that there's a biblical a text for that somewhere. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it's in Hezekiah, that's right. <laughs> but if faith hasn't got any bottle, it'll stay theory. And... To make it worse, why is there always a sorcerer round the corner just when you set off on your step of faith, right? why, why is there always a bar Jesus waiting for you, rubbing his hands? It's amazing, isn't it? Because they'd actually taken courage in both hands and got on the boat in the first place. And they kind of shuffle their way off, you know, waiting to preach. Where's the synagogue? Let's go somewhere safe. Who knows Barnabas here? They'll listen to him. It must have been like that. They'd never done it before. They hadn't got a clue. Nobody had ever gone this way before, ever. Imagine. And up pops the sorcerer. So that that, uh, immediately, faith, more faith, more bottle is immediately demanded. Now, once they got through that one, they're in expectant mode, right? Come on, devil. Come on, world. We've got you run- on the run. I, 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 can, I can just imagine, you know, as they set sail from Cyprus, you know, that I should think, Paul, you know, you couldn't shut him up. He was probably singing on the top of his voice. But it, faith actually has to take those steps, or it isn't faith. So, I, you know, my, my question really is, you know, what are you expecting? What are you trusting for? What are you believing for? I understand that Monday was a great day. Great. And I know that, yes, you do need more than one Monday. Yeah, I know that. Look, God is in this. If you carry on talking as much about how difficult it it has been, And not enough about how good the purposes of God are for you and affirming his kindness and his His whole sense of destiny. If you don't stop talking about the past and draw a line, you're going to drag yourself back into it with the same kind of mentalities that produce negativism then. It's not more of that you need. It's actually confidence and an expectant faith in God that he has plans for you, plans for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Faith is like that. It actually shuns, almost ignores that which is unbelieving. Doesn't give it house room. So, you know, what vision, what passion are you running with? What what are you expecting from God? Because if you're expecting it and trusting God for it, you'll certainly see it. I am looking forward to an outpouring of the Spirit. He said so much into my heart and into my life. I am confidently expecting if I go to the grave without seeing it, I shall have some, some suggestions to make with the Lord. St- oh, I want to know why I got it wrong. Okay, I'll be, I'll, but let's be reverent. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul writing to Timothy, 2 Timothy one 1.6, you know, Stir up the gift of God that's in you. Go on, stir it up. Fan it into flames, this gift of God. And run with it with an expectant faith, such as Paul and Barnabas had. They had a clear mandate. Take the gospel to the nations. The, the, this, this work to which I have called you. Well, they, it doesn't say what well, it is actually there. Their, 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 their understanding must have been accumulating over time, and therefore the day came, when i know come on, run with it. And that that kind of whole sense of positive expectation is critical. We get absolutely nowhere without it. And, uh, I, I've, and I've mentioned on you know, a few times that, that that this season in 1985... One of the most special things about it, we we saw, we baptized every Sunday night. We saw somebody converted every week in 1985. Right, so that, that we, we, the Sunday night was the main service for, uh, with visitors present, and we honestly know you you go in and you look who is it tonight, because there's always somebody, and the whole sense of expectation. What was tremendous. Do you know, by the end of the year, there were people there who'd been saved a year. You know, they were all Christians by then, because there were lots of people, you know, after church, I kind of had been born in God later than that. Um, and uh, there were people who'd, who'd they'd never known church without baptisms every week. Huh? Yeah, they found out. <coughs> <laughs> so what, what, has the, what has the prophet said? What preparation do you need to make? What discipling steps do you need to take seriously? What vision does God want you to run with? <coughs> what about there? Can I just start? I, 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 I've got to stick with this kind of revival thing. Can I, can I read you a quote? And then you're going to pray together that God will give a real sense of vision and expectant faith. You know, that we, it only comes from God. You can't whip it up. Sorry. You can't read it in a book. It doesn't come that way. <laughs> that faith is something the Spirit of God, if you let him, will cause to be birthed in your heart. It's the only way. We have to pray for it. Look for it. Long for it. Uh, it's a long story, but I was, I was reading... Thomas Charles of Bala. Have I read this before? I didn't read this in September, did I? No, good. He says this, just to whet your appetite in terms of... Because we have to have to have some understanding of how it will be, or else otherwise we, 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 we're we restricted by our own previous thoughts and expectations. You inquire about the state of the church in Wales. I have nothing but what is favourable to communicate. We had a very comfortable association at Pachelly, some thousands attended, more than ever before. Thousands? Oh. And here at Bala, we have had a great, powerful and glorious outpouring of the Spirit on the people in general, especially on the children and young people. Scores of the wildest and most inconsiderate of young people we've got them as well <coughs> <coughs> of, of both sexes of sorry <laughs> of both sexes have been awakened. Their convictions have been very clear and powerful, and in some instances so deep as to bring them to the brink of despair. Their consolations have also been equally strong. If the Lord should be graciously pleased to continue the work as it has prevailed some weeks past, the devil's kingdom will be in ruins in this neighborhood. Ride on! Ride on, thou king of glory, is the fervent cry of my soul day and night. I verily believe that the Lord means to give the kingdom of darkness a dreadful shake, for he takes off its pillars. Those that were foremost in the service of Satan and rebellion against God are now the foremost in seeking salvation through the blood of the Lamb. It's an easy work to preach the gospel of the kingdom here at this time. Say something. Divine truths have their own infinite weight and importance on the minds of the people. Beams of light together with divine irresistible energy accompany every truth delivered. It's glorious to see how the stoutest hearts are bowed down and the hardest melted. I would not have been without seeing what I have seen lately. No, not for the world. (laughs) Right? Lord, thank you that faith looks beyond the dark and dismal prospects and sees that you are a covenant-keeping God, a faithful God, a God who has plans for the kingdom of God to be extended in the land. And, Lord, we are just so grateful that we can walk by faith in this and not by sight, that, that we can make such the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not yet seen and lord to that we give ourselves to you we want to be a people full of faith a people who by faith see the kingdom of dark the dominion of darkness topple and the works of god blossom so help us lord i pray that you will deliver us from that carnal pessimism and that wise so-called wisdom that knows it all, seen it all before, and expects nothing. Lord, deliver us from its sourness, we pray. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, let your Spirit come upon us and and generate a sense of expectancy and excitement and zeal that we'll see the kingdom come. In the name of Jesus.
1: Just give uh, thanks for the offering. Um, got individual memories of uh, some of the points that David has made over this weekend, and a couple of things that stuck in my mind. Well, lots of things, but two things I want to talk about now. One was the the notion that that Barnabas, who perhaps for many of us, for me, well, certainly for me, was a bit of a, a secondary character in the Bible, has now come out as being a primary character there was that then the fact that Barnabas decreased, but he allowed Paul to come through and and therefore the the Bible that we have the the letters to all the different churches we wouldn't have it Paul not been able to succeed in his to fulfill his ministry had it not been for Barnabas, so this kind of led me to thinking that. And the question that David asked was, how can we become Barnabases? What kind of people do we need, do we have to become, um, to build the the sort of churches at Antioch and the other churches that were built in those early days of uh, the New Testament? And I thought then about this letter to the Romans, and this chapter in particular. And I don't think Paul would have been a particularly nice individual, if you'd met him, I think he'd been a stroppy. Would not have been the word. <clears throat> he was a fairly tough character, wasn't he? He, um, the thirty-nine lashes were designed to kill you. There, there wasn't. It wasn't, you know, a gentle slap on the wrist. It was. It was meant to kill you. Um, and Paul suffered that twice. So he wasn't, you know, some milk and water guy that, uh, some sort of wimp or a nerdy. He was a tough character. But I wonder if he was thinking about Barnabas when he was writing this letter to the Romans, because some of the characteristics that are brought out here, I don't think they were natural to Paul, but they might have been natural to Barnabas. And maybe when he was trying to encourage the Romans, the Roman Christians, the Christians at Rome then, was he thinking about Barnabas when he wrote this letter? And he was thinking of all the good points of Barnabas and he was trying to, you know, did somebody in that church at Rome ask the question, how is it possible for us to build a church in Rome then, Paul? How do we do it? We're facing all this persecution. What characteristics do we need that would help us? And and Paul wrote these letters. He wrote this letter in particular. And he wrote chapter 12 of Romans. And... I suppose typically, being Paul, he puts something that is very hard, almost impossible, and very, very challenging in the first verse of this chapter. He says, Present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. And I think he uses the word sacrifice very carefully because it would have meant something very specific in those days when sacrifices meant human bodies dying if at the hands of persecution. Or for the Jews, sacrifice meant the killing of animals and placing them on the altar to be burnt. And everything was burnt up. And I'm sure that Paul meant that. He is really saying to the church at Rome, bring your bodies as a living sacrifice. Put yourself on the altar, that all of you will be burnt up in a a spiritual way. Obviously, he wasn't... Suggesting they set themselves on fire. But he was calling upon them to just give everything up. To be changed completely. And to and see it as a sacrifice. But then he, he goes on. To try and encourage them. And in the second verse. It starts, do not be conformed to this world. I've got in my Bible. A translation from a J. B. Phillips, by J.B. Phillips. <clears throat> which is an encouragement, and it's a challenge, and I think it's a great help to us. That verse two in Romans is translated by J. B. Phillips: says, "Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mould, but let God remould your minds from within, so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, meets all His demands, and moves towards the uh, the, the goal of true maturity." It's encouraging because it's from within. It's encouraging because it suggests that we're not all that we should be. And God knows that. But God is working to change us. And when we face trials and difficulties as individuals, or as a fellowship, that what we ought to say is hallelujah. That God is, is working it out. Well, I know. <clears throat> but unless we have a perspective that says the Christian road is tough, and, and we have to face these things, we're going to be always despondent. Because it doesn't say anywhere, this is going to be easy. And unless we understand that, unless we understand that we're a sacrifice, can you turn this up? A bit? You see, I haven't tricked you in any way, but we've sung with great confidence, because this is a beautiful song. And it touches our heart. We've sung, oh, to know the power of your risen life. That's good, isn't it? We'd like to know the power of Jesus in his risen life. To heal the sick, raise the dead, preach, convert thousands. That's great. And to know you in your sufferings. To become like you in your death. You see, we sing it, and, and we want to do it. But when it happens to us, when we have the suffering and when we have the difficulties, we kind of forget that this is what we're attaining to. I just want to look, I I know that people uh, have preached on the, the, the one another verses in the Bible, but just look at what it says in this chapter, in chapter 12. So we who are many are one body in Christ. That's us. We are one body in Christ. We're individually members one of another. That's in the NIV it says each member belongs to all the others. So I belong to all of you, which is perhaps bad news <clears throat> to you. That means you all have to look after me. In prayer, perhaps in practical ways. In encouraging one another but I belong to you. you belong to me I have a responsibility to you we all have a responsibility for one another in verse 10 it says be devoted to one another in brotherly love give preference to one another in honor in the NIV it says honor one another above yourselves honor one another above yourselves be of the same mind toward one another in verse 16 in the NIV it says live in harmony with one another harmony is a good word isn't it the musicians play in harmony and if some if one of them hits a wrong note or a wrong chord we can hear it and it's discordant to us and even if you're not a musician if you completely lack any sense of uh, pitch as I do as Kerry's told me many times you can hear that there is something wrong. And Paul is encouraging the Romans, the Roman church, to live in harmony with one another. Barnabas lived in harmony. He tried to find ways that he could harmonize with his brothers. He wanted to find the right key to be in with them. That's what he sought to do. He tried to do that. So, we obviously need the... the the Holy Spirit. We need God's grace in our lives to help us do this. But I think it's a calling upon us to do it. It doesn't happen automatically. We have to understand our responsibilities. We have to seek to do that. We don't let the world tell us how to think, how to set our values, and we uphold one another as brothers and sisters. Paul also said in, in the letters of Corinthians, we're coming to communion now, he helped them to see that the reason that we are one body is because of the sacrifice of Jesus. So in Corinthians, Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord, in order that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that you may not come together for judgment. And the remaining matters I shall arrange when I come. So Paul brings that to the Corinthians, doesn't he? He says, this body of Jesus was broken, but you are now the body. And we're going to remember, and we will remember that. And he commits them to remember that. He commands instructs them to remember that we can do all these things that in the in the letter to the Romans, we can be devoted to one another, we can give preference to one another, we can honor one another, because of the death of Jesus. Because we all have that in common, don't we? We were all sinners, we are all sinners, and through Jesus' death, that's forgotten. Our sins are forgiven. We are right before God. And that is what binds us and holds us all together. And any other little failing that we've got, seems quite small in comparison, doesn't it? And I think that we can learn to accept one another. Just a couple of verses out of chapter 12, which runs on from 11. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this reason, any the less, a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this reason, any the less, a part of the body. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. You see, God has placed us together. You all may hate the sight of me, but it's tough, really, Because God has put me here. And he's put you lot there as well. You see, it's God's positioning and planning and placing has put us in this team together. We may not like it. But we're going to have to work it out. So uh, we're in groups. Paul warns that about you should come to this this communion table in a worthy manner. And perhaps we could just take a moment for each one of us to reflect upon and sort ourselves out with God. This is a table for sinners, so you don't have to be perfect to take uh, communion. You have to know the Lord. You have to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But you do need just to take a moment now and Ask God to show you anything that needs to be straightened out. Maybe make a commitment to straighten something out with someone else before too long. But let's do that right now, and then we'll uh, share communion together.